Hey, welcome everybody to Mining Stock Daily. This is Trevor Hall. We have a uh, well, an introduction to a new company that we are now featuring uh, today on Mining Stock Daily. Uh, that is Fremont Gold. Fremont Gold trades on the TSX Venture with the symbol FRE. Uh, they have recently acquired and developing the Griffin property, which was bought from Liberty Gold. Uh, Griffin Properties located on the Southern Carlin Trend in Nevada. And today we have the CEO of the company, Mr. Blaine Monahan. Uh, Blaine's really great to speak with you and how all things considering, how's everything going for you? Great. And thanks for having me. A real pleasure. And uh, I look forward to telling you a little bit more about myself and Fremont and the Griffin Gold Project. Yeah. And everything's going great. Can't complain. Uh, I know the world is, is a bit crazy right now, but um, things are going well here. Uh, it, well, I'm glad to hear that, Blaine. Uh, you know, for people who are maybe unfamiliar with Fremont, uh, you know, just kind of a, a quick glance at uh, recent news that has come down through the pipeline. It looks like Fremont is now transitioning from basically a, a, a corporate uh, build up and now getting into more exploration at Griffin. Uh, can you give us kind of that 30,000 foot view of Fremont and the Griffin property? Sure. Well, I, I think Fremont has done a really good job over the past 12 months. I, I think we have a, a great management team, a great board, which we've continued to strengthen. Uh, we also strengthened our property portfolio last year. We acquired the, the Cobb Gold project from Contact Gold and more importantly, Griffin from Liberty Gold. So th those are our focus. Uh, Griffin is the flagship. We did raise $1.5 to drill that project in February. Uh, we'll be looking to drill at least 2,000 meters in 10 holes. And that program now is just several weeks away. So we're, we're really excited. And obviously what we're looking to do is come up with a, a brand new discovery there. And, and I guess it's important to point out that, that Griffin was a past gold producer. It is a Carlin mine, uh, but we think the exploration potential is largely untapped. So we're really excited to get to it. Okay. Oh, it's interesting. I was just curious with this drilling campaign. Can you kind of walk us through that strategy? I mean, it sounds like you recently requ uh, acquired permits for drilling. Uh, but what is the strategy? Are you doing more kind of near surface type RC drilling? Uh, as opposed to like a lot of people in Nevada are, are exploring deeper these days? Yeah, that's a good question because ultimately I do think the future of exploration and mining in Nevada is deeper and it's sulfides, but the opportunity for us at Griffin is, is near surface and it is oxidized. So Griffin was uh, a pretty small producer and it only produced for a couple of years. It was a relatively new discovery in the early 80s, first drilled in 88, it only saw 214 drill holes uh, put into it, and almost all of that was focused on delineating the two deposits that they mined. They did very little regional work on the property. Um, the previous operator, Alta, as I mentioned, they, they only produced gold for a couple of years, about 60,000 ounces gold in 98 and 99. Uh, 99, the gold price collapsed. They ran into operational issues at another one of their mines and they went bankrupt. So essentially Griffin is an, a great opportunity for us that, you know, we know its production profile. It was a Carlin mine. It was near surface oxidized material um, and it hasn't been drilled since it was last in production. We acquired it from Liberty and they did a lot of great exploration work. They identified the targets. 
Uh, most of the targets we're drilling are, were actually identified by Liberty. Uh, they, they did all the sort of work required to identify those targets, the soils, the mapping, the geophysics. So when we acquired this project in December, it was uh, essentially ready-made. It was is ready to be drilled. It was permitted. It was bonded. Uh, and because all this work was conducted by Liberty, we don't need to second guess the work they generated. We just uh, it just needs to be drilled. So that's what we're going to be doing here. But it will be near surface, uh, about 2000 meters and 10 holes. We won't be drilling deeper than probably 200 meters in any particular hole. We will be looking for near surface oxidized material. And the goal, obviously, uh, you know, is to find a lot more of it. There is gold mineralization remaining, and our goal here is to continue to build it out. Okay. Well, so it is Carlin-style mineralization, and um, you know, it takes a lot of drilling to really get that resource to find because it, it, the grade is really, really fine. I guess I'm just curious. Uh, if you said ten drill holes in this first campaign. Yeah. So I would characterize this as a phase one. Right. I mean, I would love to be getting in there initially with a lot more drilling, but uh, we, we were kind of limited from a structure point of view as to how much money to raise, how much that would dilute our existing shareholders. So we were trying to find that right balance where, you know, we were able to raise enough to complete this first phase, but but not uh, blow out the corporate structure. What I'm, I'm hoping and I expect is that we're going to have success in this first phase and the market is going to want us to return to Griffin with a much larger expanded drill program. And I, I'm quite confident that's going to take place. And speaking to your point as far as um, Carlin style mineralization or for lack of a better word, why don't we just think about bulk tonnage uh, gold mineralization? I'm a fan of that really. It does require uh, quite a bit of drilling. But less drilling, as far as I'm concerned, is like a high-grade vein-type deposit where, you know, with a bulk tonnage gold deposit, you can do widely spaced drill holes because it is widely disseminated mineralization versus a high-grade vein where you might have to be drilling every 5 or 10 meters. So it's actually, if you are tagging into a large disseminated body, it's easier and qu quicker and cheaper to outline a deposit versus a, a high-grade vein. Okay. Uh, you have uh, about a million dollars in the bank uh, last I, I saw or heard. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess with everything going, <laughs> with, with, with the corporate structure and the drilling, I mean, how much can you get done with a million dollars? And when do you expect that you'll need to go back to the market for funding? Yeah, so when we went out there initially in February looking to raise money uh, to drill Griffin, we, we initially were going out there looking to raise a million. Um, it was very received by the marketplace, and I think it, it was because it was a pretty attractive unit financing. It was only a six-cent unit with a full warrant at 10 cents, and we're above 10 cents right now. Uh, and I think it was pretty easy to sell because of the Griffin project, because of our team, because of our the jurisdiction and, and our other projects. So we went out there looking to raise a million. We raised 1.5. Uh, that will be enough to get us into Q4. We have budgeted 400,000 Canadian dollars all in for that initial 2,000 meter program uh, at Griffin. I'm, I'm hopeful we will be able to get those warrants exercised, which could bring in about another $2.5 million. Okay. And it, this is a relatively new position for you, correct? Like you came in last year as CEO, is that right? Yeah, I, I replaced Dennis Moore, who was the founder 
uh, a co-founder, and he remains as president in October 2018. So Dennis, uh, I would characterize as a geologist geologist. It was the first time he had stepped into that role. And I, and I think he determined that, you know what, his skill set was best suited to actually making those discoveries, which he's had a lot of success doing. Okay. Um, and the reason I ask is, so I, I was just kind of taking a look at some uh, filings on CEDAR. And I want to ask you a little bit about uh, this. Kind of goes into the corporate structure. I mean, you have. Sure. Are you still the only full? T- you mentioned to uh, Matt from Crux Investor that you're the only full time employee. Is that still correct? That is correct. So I'm 100% devoted to Fremont. I allocate no time to any other company. I am on the board of one small gold exploration company focused on BC and the Yukon. But other than that, 100% of my focus is on Fremont. Dennis is uh, a quarter-time president. Uh, Clay Newton, another one of the co-founders, VP of Exploration, is half-time, as is our CFO. Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad you said that because – Something that kind of jumped out at me, and and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. And so I'm I'm looking at the salaries of consulting fees and retainers commission sheet. Uh, And, you know, you are getting, you know, your salary from 2019 is very respectable. I mean, I wouldn't jump it out at as anything that's, you know, (laughs) uh, anything. It's not, it's definitely not even close to what some CEOs are paying themselves in this industry. Um, Trevor, send, send that note to my board. <laughs> sure. Well, but here's here's another thought for uh, for the board. I guess if I could get your comments on this. So, Mr. Dennis Moore's salary in 2018 um, was forty thousand dollars, according to this document. But then in 2019, more than doubled to ninety six thousand dollars. And from what you just said, that's a quarter time position. Uh, your CFO, Paul Hansett, his salary went from just over $26,000 in 2018 to $80,000. So that's more than triple the salary. Uh, can you give us a reason why why these big jumps in salaries for 2019? Yeah, I, w- I would have to look at that because, I mean, they're, they're, I'm, I'm pretty sure that must be related to some reporting periods because Dennis would have been full-time – up until uh, October 2018. And then after that, he was at a a vastly reduced salary. So for 2019, uh, I don't imagine it should have come in at more than, say, 50-odd thousand. I'm wondering if that might be related to, is it taking any stock options into consideration? Uh, Yeah, that's just a salary uh, from what I can tell. Yeah, well, I know exactly what they're getting paid. So it's um, certainly both of them are, are less than me okay. uh, on sort of that halftime basis. So I, I would have to see the numbers, but I, I suspect the numbers you're quoting must be related to reporting periods and not uh, capturing a full year. Okay, uh, would love to get your thoughts on that. If it, you know, if there's something yeah. I'm missing here, uh, but those numbers, you know, at, at glance just really jumped out at me. Uh, so I wanted to, yeah. want to get your comments. Uh, you know, and we mentioned it earlier. Like this, obviously, in 2019, and as to recently, you're really putting together a pretty comprehensive technical team. Uh, not only with yourself and um, and Paul and Dennis, but you also have a good sized board and a well rounded advisory advisory team from all aspects and all jurisdictions of, of study. Can you uh, yeah. give us a thought of? Um, you know, why such a big team? Yeah. 
Um, well, I believe in strength in numbers as long as you're not having to pay for it. So um, I think we've assembled a great management team and I kind of discussed uh, the size of our team and, and people's remuneration. And I think it's very, very reasonable. Uh, and when you look at the board, those are all non-paying positions or compensated and stock options. And the board is only five people. And two of them were founders of the company. So Dennis Moore and Alan Carter. Those two individuals bring that technical expertise. Um, Alan also at the corporate level. Uh, they were founders of Fremont. I I bring more of a capital markets background, as does Mike Williams, who is a founder of Underworld, which was sold to Kinross. And more recently, we brought on Randall Chatwin, who's current legal counsel with B2 Gold, and prior to that was counsel at Gold Corp. So our management team is quite small. It's four. I mean, and I am the only full-time employee. The board is comprised of five people with differing skill sets. Uh, there's no remo paid remuneration for those positions. They're just stock options. And another really important part is the advisory board. And particularly for us, because we, we are in Nevada, you know, Andy Wallace is, is a key for us. Uh, last year when we were making that transition, and, and I think it's safe to say that, you know, we when we listed in 2017, we were absolutely focused on exploration in Nevada, but we had to we had to make some tough decisions last year, it required us dropping and selling some projects. And we had to get back out there and look for some new advanced stage goal projects. And the type of projects we were looking for, our criteria was pretty simple. So advanced stage, so they had to be, uh, you know, have current or historic resources or past producers. We felt that they had to have the potential to at least host a million ounces gold. We were looking in the Western US and they had to have favorable terms. Uh, so Andy Wallace was a, a real key in that when you're out there looking in Nevada for all these various projects I mean, I, I call Andy mr. Nevada. He is a principal of cordex, which was founded by John Livermore who is a co-discoverer of the Carlin mine uh, Andy's been behind a number of discoveries which are still in production today. So when we were out there looking at these projects with that criteria uh, Andy was just a great resource so that, that was one of the reasons why, why we quickly got behind Griffin. Uh, Andy was there in the late 90s when it was in production. Uh, he, he recognized the potential. Uh, it was an asset he wanted to get his hands on. And when we brought it to his attention, he was simply, yeah, no, I really like that. Uh, if you can get your hands on it for a reasonable price, you, you most certainly should. So when you look at the advisory board, there, there's a few key people. Andy is one of them, and also a, a more recent addition, Jamie Robinson. And, and he brings that practical experience to Griffin, and that's why I want to bring him on. Because this was a relatively new acquisition, I didn't want to get out there and create an exploration plan uh, that perhaps might not have passed mustard with both Andy and Jamie. Because Jamie was there, he was behind one of those discoveries, so he's intimately familiar with the deposits. And so I didn't want to create, I wanted, when I created that plan, I wanted to put in front of them to make sure it made sense. I didn't want to get out there and test targets that had already been tested or discounted. I just wanted to make sure we weren't wasting any money with our, our drill program because our dollars are precious. So when you think about our, the number of people involved in the company, yeah, there's a lot of people, but they all bring tremendous experience and strength, which uh, I'm very grateful for. And thankfully, a lot of them aren't, aren't looking to be paid. They're happy to be associated uh, and remunerated in stock options. So I think it's fantastic. Yeah, uh, you know, I think the more eyes you can see 
on these projects from a, a you know an advisory committee obviously is will be beneficial for you to the long run i hope um you know one thing that kind of did catch my attention though looking at some of these names is there's i didn't see anybody from liberty uh on here that uh you know actually knows the project uh over the years I, was there a request for maybe somebody from liberty to come in in one of these roles or was that just not available no, it was never discussed. I mean, um, you know, it, it's something if they wanted, I would have contemplated for sure. I, w- I wouldn't mind having somebody from Liberty attached, whether at the corporate or project level. Um, I, I know that the geologists at Liberty really liked this project. It, it was just one of these projects that unfortunately became orphaned in their portfolio. When they picked it up in 2012, I mentioned they, they did a lot of that great work. They permitted it, they bonded it, and then they got distracted by Kinsley, then Gold Strike, and now they're 100% focused on Black Pine. And Cal is looking to basically unlock the value from all of his non-core assets. So we were able to pick up Griffin. He's done a deal with Barian, or now a new Placer Dome, I believe it's called. Um He's done a, you know, he sold his Turkish assets, he sold a net profit interest in Rawhide, and he wants to divert all that capital for continued exploration at Black Pine so he doesn't have to get up there and raise more money. So the stars were really aligned. I, I know when we were down at Griffin, uh, one of their geologists uh, just thought, listen, I, 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 I know what he's trying to do, but I tell you what, I would love it if we could keep this project in case what he says happens and we could we could spin this out into a new vehicle. So um, we're, we're very happy we could get it. But getting back to, say, the Liberty involvement, one, one of the more important things for Liberty, and, and it works, works well for us too, is that the cash payments for this property are quite low. It's going to be heavier on the share side. So right now, uh, we've issued them 2.5 million shares. On the first anniversary, they'll be issued a number of shares that will bring their total ownership to 9.9. So they will be a significant owner in Fremont uh, on the, the first anniversary. And that was important for Cal because, you know, it, it, this is a project they like. They, they weren't able to test. It's a, it's a non-core asset now. Um, but if we have success, they wanted to make sure they had a lot of exposure to it. Very good. Um, let's uh, start to wrap things up here, Blaine, but I'm just curious, now that uh, drills are turning, uh, when would you expect to get uh, first results in for the markets? Yeah, we put out a news release the other day announcing that row construction is underway. Uh, that, that could take up to two weeks, and then drilling should begin shortly thereafter. So why don't we just say we're looking at a uh, end of June start date. I imagine you could probably wrap up drilling by the end of July. Um, depending on how you release the results, whether they're in batches or you wait for all 10, I, you know, conservatively, I would say sort of end of August, beginning September for initial or all results. Okay. So a little bit into the fall. And what is, you know, if, if you know, you can do a little forward thinking here. Uh, what does success with this first drill program look for you? Look like for you? Yeah, I, I think first off, you know, it's confirming the no mineralization. We know that uh, Alta Gold was looking to expand operations. They, they they did leave a lot of mineralization that was unmined. We will be testing that to confirm it. And there's a lot of there's a few other very important targets we're testing. And if we have success with with any of those particular targets, it could really 
break open the potential for for this project and really point the way that yes this is how it gets a lot bigger okay blaine i appreciate your time and thank you for that uh, overview of uh fremont gold and also the griffin project thank you very much trevor i appreciate your time thank you that's blaine monahan he is the ceo of fremont gold the company trades on the tsx venture with the symbol fre and also on the otc qb with fre rf